second part of our sermon series, God Will Take Care of You. God Will Take Care of You. Um, and it comes from Psalms 23, Psalms 23. You know, very familiar psalm today. We're going to be preaching and sharing from the first and the second verse, Psalms uh, 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It maketh me to lie down in green pastures, and leadeth me beside the still waters. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Making me to lie down in green patches leads me beside the still waters. Look, let me pray. Um, and join me in a word of prayer as we uh, share on the sermon today. God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your power and your grace. Now, God, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, uh, be acceptable in thy sight. You are my Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, uh, once again, as I was sharing last week, that is a very familiar a psalm to us that is a very familiar psalm, that 23rd division of the book of Psalms. Um, it's a very familiar piece, and we learned it, many of us, when we were very young. Many of us, when we were very young, and, and, and I would dare say with you that for many of us, it has become what I call a peaceful lullaby. It's become something that we read to give comfort, something that we read oftentimes at funerals, something that we read uh, for our children. It's become a peaceful lullaby. And, and, and I would share with you that while it can be a very peaceful kind of a statement, I believe it can also for the Christian be a radical declaration. It's a radical declaration of God's strength that in the world of famine, in a world of wolves, in a world of turmoil, in a world of challenges, you can dare to be able to say with your chest, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's power in that phrase. There's power in that statement. There's power in being able to state that God will take care of your needs, that God will make ways for you, that God will order your steps. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You've got to understand, my brothers and my sisters, uh, that I dare you uh, to be able to shift your thinking from a thinking of lack, from a thinking of scarcity, from a thinking of what you don't have and, and how you can't get it and what can't happen to you, uh, to uh, a thinking of possibility and potential and, and, and provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want it. That, that, that if you look at this scripture, if you look at the psalmist, the psalmist is, is trying to help us to understand uh, the power of God to take care of us. And so therefore, we're doing this sermon series called God Will Take Care of You. That I don't care your circumstance. I don't care your social location. I don't care your financial situation. I don't care uh, you, 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 the family you grew up in. I, I've come by to let you know that God will take care of you. Why? Because as the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now when we look at that scripture, it says what, and it leads me, uh, uh, it makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. One of the first things I believe that you've got to understand as we look at this scripture, is you've got to understand that God will lead you to what you need. God will lead you to what you need. This scripture here in Psalms 23 is a scripture of provision. It is scripture showing that God will take 
care of you. It is a scripture uh, that is allowing us to understand the psalmist's understanding uh, that God is a way maker. And so the scripture is written about uh, the, the, the standpoint of a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that what it makes me to lie down in green pastures and leads me beside the still waters. Both of those areas for a sheep are places of provision. Uh, that when a shepherd leads a sheep to the green pastures or by still waters, those are places of nourishment. That a green pasture is a place where the sheep can eat. But what is interesting or, or, or special about the scripture is it doesn't just say it leads me to the green pastures, it makes me lie down in green pastures. Making you lie down in green pastures for a sheep means that you are satisfied, that you have already eaten your fill. You are already uh, physically satisfied, uh, but also what you've got to understand about a sheep is a sheep won't lie down unless it's under certain conditions. A sheep won't lie down unless it's under certain conditions. So if a sheep has anxiety or is anxious or is scared, a sheep won't lie down. If a sheep uh, is hungry, a sheep won't lie down. If a sheep is hurting or health issues, a sheep won't lie down. That if a sheep is worried as dealing with pests uh, that are wearing it out, a bunch of flies and the kinds of things, a sheep won't lie down. But when a sheep is taken care of, when a sheep is in a place of peace, when a sheep is in a place of contentment, that is when a sheep will lie down. So the scripture says that God makes us lie down in green pastures. In order to get us to lie down, shaping the sheep analogy, it means that God will take care of all of your needs, not just uh, of taking care of making sure you get to eat, uh, but, but deal with your anxiety and allow you to be safe and understand there are no predators around. That God, will, will, as a shepherd, will take care of you and make you lie down in green pastures. Somebody, that should be good news for you right there because you've just been worrying about how you're going to eat, but I'm trying to let you know that God will deal with you holistically, that God will take care of you emotionally, God will take care of you mentally, God will take care of you physically, God will take care of you financially. When the scripture says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside the still waters. It's dealing with the fact that God will provide for all of it. It's not just a God will provide for a piece of it and leave you hanging to figure it out over here, but God will take care of you holistically, that God will take care of your family, that God will take care of your career, that God will take care of your health. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, makes me to lie down in green pastures. Oh, but the second thing I want you to know as you've got to understand uh, that sometimes this scripture is a declaration, but sometimes it's a reminder. Uh, sometimes it's a reminder. Sometimes uh, I can scream this scripture at the top of my lungs to let the Lord, world know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want that when folks are trying to come at me sideways, that when folks are trying to make me feel like I'm not going to be able to handle it, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Sometimes I say this scripture as a declaration, as a bold declaration to the world about my God who will take care of me. But other times, 
I whisper this scripture to myself as a reminder to myself that God can get me through. That sometimes my situations are so rough. Sometimes what I'm going through is so hard. Sometimes what I'm grappling with is so tragic uh, that, that I, I, it's not a bold declaration, but, but I've got to remind myself in the midst of my trial, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my frustration, in the midst of my anxiety, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Sometimes, sometimes I've got to remind myself the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Somebody, you need to remind yourself. I, I know that when you look at it, you don't see how the way is being made yet. You don't see how the door is being opened yet. As a matter of fact, it looks like a pretty bleak situation. Uh, but in this situation, I want you to see this scripture as a reminder. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, even in reading the scripture, uh, I realize that I've got triggers. Even in reading the scripture, I realize that in reading the scripture that's supposed to take me to such wonderful places, that it took me to some kind of dark, painful places. Uh, that I'm reading the scripture and it talks about it leads me, uh, it makes me lie down in green pastures, but then it says and leads me beside the still waters. Now, I just came back from Ghana last month. Last month I was in Ghana, and as a part of my trip to Ghana, I went uh, uh, to the Cape Coast of Ghana, and as I was at the Cape Coast of Ghana, I went to a place called Elmina Castle. It's Elmina Castle. It's a slave castle where slave dungeons are, and I'm at Elmina Castle, and one of the things I remember from Elmina is as I looked up, I saw vultures circling overhead. I saw these vultures circling overhead. I realized these vultures were circling overhead, not because there was something dead for it to eat on right then, but because in the vultures' collective memory in their, in their DNA had been shaped this memory of a time in which there was so much death there uh, that it was a place for the vultures to always be able to eat. And so the great, 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 great grandchildren, the vultures that ate, the slaves who were at Omina Slave Castle, uh, still remembered that place to be a place. And, and, and in their DNA, in their memory, it was a place where they needed to go. You know, sometimes a tragedy can hold memories for us that aren't just memories for our generation, but are memories from generations that are past. And sometimes what you've gone through in your family, sometimes the anxiety you have is not just because of what you face, but because of what your parents face, because of what your grandparents face. And, and you hold on to that kind of collective communal memory uh, that, that uh, is, is kind of placed in your DNA, that, that, that there are research that shows that uh, in DNA, memories can be held and passed down through generations. Trauma can be passed down through generations in DNA. I told you all that um, as I looked at this scripture about being uh, led by the still waters, it, it caused me to be triggered. It caused something to be triggered. I, while I was in Ghana, while right before I went to Elmina Castle, um, I went to a place called Asin Manso. Asin Manso is what they call Slave River. Uh, it was the stop that the slavers would make with slaves on their way to Elmina Castle and Cape Coast Castle, which are these two slave forts, these two castles in which they had dungeons in which they would hold our ancestors until the boats came to be able to take them to wherever they took them all over the globe. I, I was at this place called Aston Manso, it's called the Slave River, and, and it's this place in which as they had been transported, these enslaved 
Hundred Africans had been transported from all over the continent as they had, had been walked for hundreds of miles that, that right before they were taken to the slave castle, to these forts, uh, that right before that they were taken to this, what they call slave river. And they were taken there, uh, it was a processing space. They were taken there because it was a sales space. They were taken there because it was a place in which because of the, of the dirt and the crime and the, and the challenges of the trip and the walking for all those miles across, it was a place in which they were given what folks call their last bath on African soil. Uh, that they were taken into the water and washed in the water and then uh, they were oiled up um, so that they could uh, be more presentable for sale. It, it's an interesting place. It was a place in which they were able to see who they felt was going to be strong enough for the voyage or who they felt was too sickly and it was too sickly uh, for, 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 from the trip across the continent. It, it was this place called the Asin Manso, the Slave River. Uh, I, I was able to walk some of the paths barefoot that our ancestors walked. And I was even able to reach my hand down into the water of that river, this place where our ancestors, many were dunked in um, to be cleaned up and, and oiled up to be sold to then make the trek to Elmina Castle or the Cape Coast Castle uh, to be sold, to be able to be held, to then be able to be transported to wherever they were sent all over the world. Uh, as I sat in that place and reflected in that place, it was a place of reflection. Uh, but what I didn't realize was it pulled out something in me. And, and, and this is the piece that, as I read the scripture about the still waters, uh, that it triggered something in me. Because that next morning, that next morning, as I went to take my shower, next morning as I went to take my shower, as soon as the water hit my head, I had what they call a blood memory. I had a memory. As soon as the water hit my head, I, I felt anxiety and I felt terror and, and I felt myself, I saw myself being dunked in the slave river. I saw myself as an enslaved African. I, I had this memory uh, that was deep down on the inside of me that I don't know, but, 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 but it was a collective a memory uh, from our ancestors and I was being dunked in the water and, 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 and being washed off so that I could be sold. I, I, the, the, the water hit my head in the shower and I was in slave river. The water hit my head in the shower and I was in slave river. I, the, 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 the water triggered a collective memory in me. Sometimes now when I read the scripture, as I read the scripture, it triggered this memory, this collective kind of thing, lead me beside the still waters. Uh, but, but not just that, my brothers and my sisters, but this week, I, I wasn't back in Ghana anymore. I was here in the United States. And here in the United States, as I looked on social media, as I looked on the news, I saw some other still waters. Uh, that it was still waters uh, that you saw as our brothers and our sisters from Haiti uh, were sitting there on the border, uh, on the border right there in Texas, on the border, and I saw pictures and I saw video of, of, of United States authorities on horseback. Uh, whipping our brothers and our sisters with the reins uh, of, 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 with the reins that they use for the horses, and they were whipping them in the midst of the water. And I saw these images, and it triggered something in me. The, the, it triggered something in me, a collective memory that went all the way back to slavery. It triggered something. The, the still waters 
Uh, but yet and still, my brothers and my sisters, my Haitian brothers and sisters were being victimized. And all they were doing was seeking asylum. All they were doing, and, and, and I realized that if they, were, uh, if they were French or if they were Italian or if they were Canadian, uh, that they would not ha have been treated in such a way. But, but because they were a people of a darker hue, they were treated differently in this nation. It, it triggered something for me. And, and for me, it messed me up because I had been planning on this sermon. I had been planning on talking about uh, being led by the still waters, uh, but yet uh, I, I'm being triggered by uh, the still waters experience of our people, and, and, and it triggered something in me. And that's when I realized that the psalm is not just a declaration of strength, but sometimes you whisper it as a reminder. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That sometimes you whisper it as a prayer. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That I'm dealing with the still waters, but it's still waters that when I look back over it, whether it was in Ghana at Asin Manso Slave River, or whether it was at the border of the United States and the way they were treating our brothers and our sisters, that harken back to slavery time, I had to remind myself and even say somewhat in a prayer, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But you've got to understand that that prayer and that psalm is not a passive psalm in a prayer. It's not just for me to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and then let business go on as usual. But it, it is a kind of a scripture and a prayer that allows me to see my role in the midst of situation. That's why, brothers and sisters, we have to make sure that we are doing what we can do to help our Haitian brothers and sisters at the border. Why? Because my third point, and I'm up out of here, is I means we. That when we talk about the Lord is my shepherd, it really means the Lord is our shepherd. Uh, why? Because if you look at uh, a, a, a shepherd, very rarely just deals with one sheep. Uh, uh, but when a shepherd is leading, they're leading a flock. And most times sheep are in what? A flock. And, and so when it talks about the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And, and, and he makes me lie down in green pastures and leaves me beside the still waters. It's really talking about the fact that that's a communal the, the, the mind. That's a communal mind. That, that is a communal. That, that is that, that the shepherd takes the flock and makes the flock lie down in green pastures. The shepherd takes the flock and makes the flock, uh, uh, takes the flock by the still waters. And if I miss that, then I miss the fact that I have a responsibility to assist with my brothers and my sisters who are sitting there at the border. There's no way in the world that I can sit here in the United States of America and not see the communal, the Lord is my shepherd as the Lord is our shepherd. And because the Lord is our shepherd, therefore, I have to make my voice heard and, and, and talk to those in authority and those in leadership and those in this administration and let them know that, that it is not right uh, the way our brothers and sisters are being treated. And it is not right to be able to just be shipping them back to Haiti. No, no, no. If, if everybody else can have a path, we can have a path as well. That the Lord is our shepherd. Uh, that, that, that's why Community of Hope is sending uh, money down uh, uh, to be able to help with our brothers 
brothers and sisters is an organization called the Haitian Bridge Alliance that's doing great work on the ground right there at the border. And so we're going to be sending resources down there and assisting in whatever ways we can and looking for ways that we can be helpful with our brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Lord is our shepherd. Jesus taught us this lesson in Mark, the 6th chapter, the 34th verse. That Jesus taught us this lesson even as it seems to give reference even to this scripture with the Lord is my shepherd. That Jesus, had, that Jesus was teaching, that Jesus saw a group of folks coming afar off. He and the disciples had gone off to take a break. And they saw this group of people afar off and they started to come towards Jesus with needs and sicknesses and hurts and pains. And the Bible says that Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus, understanding himself to be the, the, the shepherd, he said they were sheep without a shepherd. And so he went and he started to teach them. And as he's teaching them, uh, his disciples come up to him and say, Jesus, it's getting late um, and, and, and we're in a desolate place. And so you need to let these people go so they can go and find something to eat in the surrounding communities. Let them go to the surrounding villages and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus says, uh, why don't you feed them? Because Jesus uh, didn't under, wasn't just going to make these folks who, who seem like sheep without a shepherd uh, have to go and fend for themselves. But no, the Lord is what? Our shepherd we shall not want. And Jesus was playing the scripture out right in front of our eyes. Jesus looks at his disciples and say, why don't you feed them? And the disciples say, man, uh, we don't have enough to feed them. And Jesus asked them a question. He says, how many loaves do you have? The, the, how many loaves do you have? The disciples went and, and looked throughout the camp and, and realized they had five loaves and two fish. Came back and said, we have five loaves and two fish. And what did Jesus do? Jesus said, sit them in the green grass. The, 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 the Bible says uh, that the, these thousands of folks got sat in the green grass. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just told y'all he makes me lie down My, uh, in, 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 in green pastures. Jesus had them sit down in the green grass in sections, organized them in sections. Jesus broke the bread and, and he broke the fish and he blessed it and he fed the multitude. Why? Because God will take care of you. But the thing I love about it is that Jesus didn't just do it, puff out the sky, just sent stuff down. Jesus used what they already had to take care of the need that was in front of them. And my brothers and my sisters, if we are going to understand that God will take care of you, take care of us, we've got to understand that God uses us in the process. We've got to understand if you see anything in how Jesus was able to shape in that move, that he asked the disciples, how many loaves do you have? I'm asking you right now, how many loaves do you have? I'm asking you right now. I, I know that there are challenges in your home, and I know there are challenges in the community, and I know there are challenges in, in, in your region, in your nation, in the world. And I'm asking you, how, how much do you have? That what do you have that when we get it to God, that God can multiply it and meet the needs of the people? Now, this ain't some passive scripture uh, just talking about the Lord is my shepherd and so he's going to lead us and, and, and set us down down and, and, and take care of everything. No, God's going to use us in the process that God will lead you to lead somebody else. And we're in this thing together. We cannot sit and watch others be hurt, watch others in pain, watch others go through, watch others be victimized, and we don't step forward. No, if God is making a way for you, that means God is making a way for us. Why? Because when I eat, we eat. It's not just I eat. I don't just sit in the grass and I eat it all up. No, no, no. When I eat, the whole flock eats. The whole 
flock eats, my whole crew eats, all of us eat. That when I eat, we eat. And so if God is taking care of me, that means that God is taking care of us. <laughs> That's right. Turn to y'all need to put that in the chat. When God takes care of me, God takes care of us. Because when I eat, we eat, and God will get the glory. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We shall not want. Why? Because God will take care of us. My brothers and my sisters, I need you to hear that. God will take care of us. Today, it is my prayer that whether you are proclaiming the scripture as a bold declaration because everything's going good for you right now, or a whispered reminder because you're in the midst of a hard time, I want you just to be able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now look, one of the great things about this whole shepherd kind of sheep analogy is it talks about relationship. Scriptures say, my sheep hear my voice. It deals with the fact that uh, the shepherd is in relationship to the sheep. And if you have never accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I want to give you opportunity to be in relationship. I want to give you opportunity to make Jesus your choice. I want you to give you opportunity. The Bible says that God loved the world so much, gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. That's available for everybody, y'all. Scripture also says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you can be saved. Thou shalt be saved. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day to give your heart to him. It's not about you deserving it. It's not about you working for it. It's not about you being so good. It's not about you being so perfect right now. It's just you saying, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I want to give my heart to you. I don't want to sin anymore. I want to live the way you want me to live, be who you've called me to be. If you today want to give your heart to Christ, we want to give you that opportunity. Or you may need a church home. You already say, but you need a church home. We want to give you that opportunity. Or you just need to rededicate your faith. We want to give you that opportunity. Right there in the chat, there's a link that you can click on so that we can be able to get some information with you, pray with you, reach out to you. Or also, if you just text the word hope decision, one word, hope decision, to 474747, you'll be able to then click on that link and just fill out some basic information so we can get connected with you. Give your life to Christ today. Get a church home today. Rededicate your faith today. Even if you just got a major prayer request, you got a prayer request, just put in your prayer request today. Hope decision. Text it, hope decision. The 474747, today is your day to make a change. Now look, if you've decided to give your heart to Christ today, give your life to Christ today, or to make Community of Hope your church home, or just to rededicate your faith, or even want prayer, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. It'll be my prayer, but your faith. Come on, won't you pray with me? Say, God, I thank you for Jesus who died for me and you raised from the dead that I could be saved. Please forgive me for my sins. 
I don't want to live that way anymore. And right now, I ask Jesus to come into my heart, be in control of my life. I want to live the way you want me to live and be the person you've called me to be. So today I thank you that I'm saved, got a new church home, rededicated my faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, my brothers and my sisters. I am so grateful to God for the decisions you've made. If you made that decision, come on, text it. Hope decision, one word, to 474747. And let's, let us connect with you. Look, COH, I want y'all to have a superb week. We do thank God for all that God is going to be doing this week. Don't you forget, next Sunday, next Sunday from 10 until noon, next Sunday, October the 3rd, uh, there are free groceries. We're giving away free groceries at Iverson Mall. Don't forget to get connected. Don't forget to let somebody know uh, how we're trying to be a blessing. I love you. I pray God's riches for you. Let me close with a word of prayer. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. For your people, we thank you for your hand and your power. Now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of your Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide now, henceforth, and forevermore among these your people. In other words, 